It's time to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. Still live from the nation's capital and on Twitch, YouTube, the Odyssey app, nationwide, wherever you're listening on the BetQL network. I'm getting a lot of tweets from people on the Fire Joe Missoula thing. Yeah. A lot of it's rare that people can all come together on one topic. That sucks. Seems to be around the board. Yeah. Celtics fans are like, yeah, I'm ready for him to go. And look, it's not Joe Missoula's fault. He was an assistant coach, learning, growing. The situation got blown up, and then their top assistant, Will Hardy, takes the job in Utah. So he's the interim coach, and they're winning. And then Boston offers you a contract to be a full-time head coach. What, are you going to say no? No, you're going to take it. The real issue is that the Boston Celtics made the mistake of not letting him be the interim coach for the entire season. They jumped the gun and thought, oh, he's just as good as Ime Udoka. Look how great this team is. And then it fell apart. You need to see for the entire season. You needed to see whether Joe Mazzulla could coach pressure-filled regular season games. Joe Mazzulla could handle late-game execution in the playoffs. Joe Mazzulla understood how to make adjustments at halftime. He's not doing it. He's not ready. He refuses to call timeouts. And he's ruining the prime of this team. It's not his fault that he was put in this position, but it's the Celtics that have to fix the problem. And it cannot be him. I don't care what it costs. I don't care that, oh, he's really got the future and the potential. Stop it! This team is trying to win a championship now. Not in three or four years. So this idea that, like, well, you know, he's pretty good and he's going to grow into it. Grow into it with the Orlando Magic. Grow into it with the Charlotte Hornets. This is not a team that has any time to waste, and they're wasting it with Joe Mazzulla out there. Yeah, there was no reason really to make a decision until after the season, right? Because in the regular season, you knew a team like Boston could win 50-plus games, be good enough to be a top-three seed in a weak Eastern Conference. So I would wait and judge everything until after the postseason because you went to the finals last year with a better head coach and couldn't get the job done. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. And... um We'll see, because I still don't. I, I still think, though, if they lose this series to the Heat, I know that they've committed to them. I still think that they would can them, especially with the guys that are out there right now. There's, I mean, Nick Nurse, Bud would be good. You could go. JJ Reddick's apparently a top kit. No, I wouldn't take. Wouldn't change anything. No, it's it's just this is. It just comes across as they rushed to the decision and were happy that they could sweep everything under the rug and just yeah. move forward, right? Yeah. And I know some of it had to do with the there was issues in terms of legality, I think, with Ime Udoka before they could take the interim tag off. Why why not just continue to go the entire season? Yeah. It just it was poorly managed from the beginning. And it's it doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good head coach one day. And it doesn't mean that he's not a, a decent coach right now. He's not the right coach for this team. Yeah. Plain no, and simple. I know and it sucks that they had to fire Udoka because because really of the relationships, not only I think he's I mean I think he's a really good coach. And even he couldn't get the job done against Steve Kerr and the Warriors in the finals. But the relationships that he has with those players, him and Jalen Brown still talk like two or three times per week. You know what I mean? He yeah. built relationships, and yeah. that's pretty important, man. So we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, we could we could forget about all this if the if the Celtics just win a championship. I would say this. Or I would ask you this. Is Joe Mazzulla, if they do win the finals, is he the worst coach to ever win a championship? There's been some bad ones. There's been some bad ones. About it, you know I, mean, I mean, I'd have to go back and, and think of yeah. who's won. I, I would I, I would say like, he was, like, the most random, though. Like, I didn't even know who the hell – I don't – I didn't really know well, who we, Joe Well, we Mazzulla thought was. Nick Nurse was random, but obviously it's turned out that he's a really good coach. But at the time, I mean, he won the title his first year there. Yeah. So it would be a similar situation. I didn't even know – I, I didn't think Spolster was any good. 
I, I got to admit, like when so, I was like, anybody could coach Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh to a title. We didn't see yeah. how good Spo was until those guys left. And it was like old-ass Dwayne Wade, and they were still winning 45-plus games. It's, it's easier to think of random coaches that have won titles or unexpected coaches that have won NBA titles yeah. than, like, worst coach. Because you might have to dig back into history and, like, find random teams. And then at the same time, it's like, well, was it a bad team that then got hot in the playoffs? So were they a bad coach? So it's a little harder to go down that. 72-68 now. Yeah, Boston up four in Miami. They got to they pull this out. You Like, you, if you go down 0-2 going back to Miami, you're it's I, over. I mean, it's a, yeah, that momentum is – it's not just the momentum. It's the, the mental side of this, too, for the Celtics. Were they just – when they're down, you talk about body language with yeah. Trevor Lawrence early. Like, this is the body language with them is just pure defeat. Yeah, no, I know, man. I, they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna pull away here, though. Jason Tatum's doing what he has. To this do. is what just needs to be done. Over. This is now what needs to be done. Tatum's got twenty-eight points. Yeah. Thirteen rebounds, four assists. Yeah. He's ten of fifteen from the field. Yeah. This is his game. This is what they needed. This is what he needed to do. And uh, and actually, he's uh. Well, I saw you on my head. He's got 28 with this free throw. Uh, he'll go over his 28 and a half, actually, with uh, this next free throw. Live total going to be a sweat for me on the under. And unfortunately, Burlow, I see you celebrating over there every once in a while as your Golden Knights tied up with my Dallas Stars. Let's go, Knights. No, That's no, right, no, Burlow. No, 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 Yeah, no, let's no, go, Golden no. Knights. Tonight's all about Dallas around here. The big D. Is you, don't, you don't get to dictate what the theme is. You don't get to do that. I win. It's the name of, it's the name of tonight's game. I win. A live total in this is 210. Or, ooh, dropped to 209 and a half now. Okay. Heat okay. Celtics. So. We're looking all right. That's then. what you want, right? You looking took the okay. under, so that's yeah. good. I feel like it's way too high scoring as I look up, but yeah. We're, no, we're still good. at 209 and a half. Now it's off the board, so it'll be bouncing back and forth. Uh, 74 and a 70. Yep, still 74, 68. We'll take that. Right. 330 to go here in the third quarter. Fake News Friday now. Burlow. What you got? Let's start with where we're actually at right now, which is Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. He has led the eight-seed Miami Heat to the Eastern Conference Finals as they look to become just the second team to ever make the NBA Finals from that positioning. True story or fake news, a Heat Finals berth would be more impressive than what Nikola Jokic is doing in the Western Conference. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the reason why is because not only are they an eight-seed, but they were a play-in tournament eight-seed. And we've only had one team... In the history of the NBA, as an eight seed go to the finals, and that was my New York Knicks back in 1999, and it didn't work out well against the Spurs. But as uh, incredible as what as what Nikola Jokic is doing, and, and this is what this is what I hate about these. It's like the Jordan versus LeBron, where we like have to water somebody else down to make the point with with what you like. They're both incredible situations, but we have seen players. We have seen players average triple doubles. I mean, Westbrook has done it a lot. And we have seen big men that can score like Jokic and dominate down low the way that he is. But I hate this because you see what I'm doing here now. It's like I'm talking down and saying what Jokic is doing is not a big of a deal, and that's not what I'm trying to say. But it's we have seen fewer instances where an eight seed has gone to the NBA Finals, especially knocking off a one seed in five games at first, and who knows what they do in this series here against the Celtics. But we've seen other players dominate at very high levels in the playoffs before over the history of the NBA. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Nick. I got to go with uh, the Heat just because, you know, it, this is just something that we don't see in the NBA. Like, you could see a team like the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, a young team, because it's a one-and-done, fluky-type situation. The NCAA tournament, you know, this year is a good example. We want to see the Blue Bloods, even though we don't think that we do. We want to see the Kentucky and the Duke in the Final Four. But in the NBA, in a seven-game series, it should be the best players and the best teams that advance, so you usually don't see an eight-seed. 
uh, go this far. But I would say, yeah, it's impressive. And even the year that you bring up, man, with the Knicks, that was a lockout-shortened yep. season. Yep. And I actually went back and looked at that last night. They were the eighth seed, but the one seed you know, actually Smart. only finished with four more. I'm sorry, five more wins than them. So it was just a fluky, weird lockout, right? Or yeah, like strike season. Yeah, so, it was a shortened year. Yeah. Um. So I would agree with you. I, I think what they're doing is way more impressive. But what Jokic is doing is awesome too. Now it should be noted the Heat were 12 to one coming into the conference finals to win the title. Yeah. They were at nine to one. It just jumped to ten to one, literally in front of me over the last like two minutes. But. It's it's at least gotten a little closer. It was they were nine to one. The Lakers were eight to one, and then it was Celtics plus one thirty five and Nuggets, who've now dropped to plus one fifteen. But you've watched it at least. The market's adjusted enough where you're going, okay. Like this Heat team belongs here. Mm-hmm. They, you don't watch them and go, okay. Like the, the magic is run out now. Yeah, they look like they belong here, and that's why they're ten to one as opposed to twelve to one. You're starting to see those odds to get to the to win the title, not just get to the finals to win. Shorten really quick though. Like if you're a team in the East, man. You got to go all in this offseason. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like yes. if you're in, if you're Philadelphia, yeah, sure, Dame. You probably can't take him away from Portland. Do whatever you have to do, because the East it's kind of like the NFC. Like if you're a team in the NFC, there's no reason to rebuild right. That's why I love what Seattle did in the draft. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I love that they didn't go like Anthony Richardson in the first yep. round. Yep, and they had a bonus pick. They could have done it with a bonus pick. And that's the thing about the East. Like, just get into the playing game. As crazy as that sounds, man, just get into the playing game. I mean, this could be the Bulls. Well, you the know Bulls the... had a three-point lead on the Heat with one minute to go in that game. It couldn't be the Bulls. They no, don't I, have I know, but you, know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it could have been the Knicks. You know, there's a New York Daily News report that uh, Joel Embiid to the Knicks, they're going to try to make it a thing. Just saying, you're going to start hearing more yeah, of that I know this offseason. I don't season. want that, but I, don't. I would. I would. Here's I would. Because if you love, have Jalen Brunson with a Joel Embiid, I know. then there you go, dude. It's really just more of a matter of how much you're going to have to give up for an MVP that's still in his prime that has missed a lot of games that's disappeared in the playoffs. Now, last year, Embiid played hurt and actually had a really good postseason, but they still fell short. So I just don't know how much he can even carry them, especially with what does that roster look like if you're giving up half of the young guys that they have there. But Like DeMar DeRozan on Paul George's podcast, which I didn't even know Paul George had a podcast, PG Pod or whatever the hell it's called. DeMar DeRozan said, we got a lot of sorry MFers in this league. I saw that. Nobody really cares about winning, and I've never agreed. And, and that's the thing. You need alphas. There's I think not M- enough I think Embiid does want to win, but yes. I think when the going gets tough, he likes to tuck his tail. You need a guy like a Jimmy Butler. Even Jason Tatum. Sure, there's like some like mental lapses, or you know, like something's off one night. But he wants it, you and know he I mean? does. Jalen Brown wants he, it. There, the thing with them is it's more of an inconsistency. Yeah, but you have the moments. There's some guys you never see it. Harden at all. Harden. Harden doesn't seem like a guy. Game that wants one, it. game one, he had what forty two points or whatever. In game three, He's got hot I don't care. Three, yeah, you know? like yeah, I don't I, care. Yeah. That's not. It's it's the closeout games that matter. We saw fifty one points from Jason Tatum in a game seven. We saw a closeout game to win a title, fifty points from Giannis. Like that's. Steph That's the difference. It. Steph wants Draymond it. Draymond wants it. Draymond wants it. Clay will go three of forty and we'll kill we'll kill we'll kill Clay, but he wants it. And Jimmy Butler just, wants it. Jimmy Butler, yes. Yep. That's the guy that ultimately wants yeah, it. Yeah. That's what that's what you need though. Carl Anthony Towns, sure, maybe he thinks he wants it, but he doesn't want it like those guys do. I think that's the difference. Let's move over to the San Antonio Spurs because they won the 2023 draft lottery and are likely going to select French superstar. Victor you don't have to Wendy say like they're taking. They're taking him. They're taking Victor. Scoot Henderson thinks he could go number one, but I promise you, he's not going number one. Don't waste your money. Yeah. So 99.9 percent of the public knows that they're taking Victor Wembanyama. True story or fake news, though? The Spurs were the best possible landing spot for Wembanyama this summer. Oh, absolutely true. 
Uh, in terms of now, look, that's in terms of teams that had a shot to get him. Like yeah. you could say, the Thunder would have been great as well, but like that, they had like a one percent chance of actually landing him. The Spurs still have Greg Popovich. You have a history of great success with big men and Tim Duncan. Obviously, very different, but Tim Duncan and David Robinson. They have a great history of players that came from overseas that played a slightly different game and have evolved them into great NBA players. And you know, a Tony Parker or a Manu Ginobili. We've watched this Spurs team build great culture. He's going to go to a culture that has had success and stability for 20 years. Forget what they've been the last couple of years, especially this year. This was their plan. It all worked out for them. There is no place that was better for Victor Wembanyama as a, other than San Antonio. Yeah, I, I agree because there's just the difference, man. Like, there's good organizations, good teams that always just get it right, and then there's teams that are always a mess. And San Antonio, even when they go through little rebuilds, like they're always almost they're they're always like right there. So I agree. It w- I mean Portland, I guess, would be the other team that I would throw out there just because they have a superstar in Dame that just needs a running mate and he doesn't have that right now. But yeah, I think San Antonio is a great situation. You have Pop, and then I don't think they're just going to turn away from Pop and give the give the keys to you know the next Joe Missoula. They'll find the right guy. So they'll, ha- they'll ha- they probably already have a succession plan in place. Oh yeah, it'll be like Steve Kerr or somebody from yeah. that coaching tree. Right. Probably maybe Bud goes back there. or maybe. something. but. It's a good situation. I agree. Let's finish it off with the Phoenix Suns because they lost in the second round despite being the odds-on favorites to win the NBA title at the start of the postseason. True story or fake news, the Suns must move on from Chris Paul to be a true title contender moving forward. I don't think they do. Yeah, I think that's fake news. I, I, I think that Chris Paul could still serve a role. I still think that he's... I. I I mean, we just got done talking about this. There's really not that many traditional point guards out there. He's not going to be Chris Paul from a decade ago. He's not going to give you 20 and 10 every single game. But he could still go out there and give you a 12, 13-point game, six assists, couple boards in the playoffs, hit a couple big shots. You just can't rely on him to play 35-plus minutes. And when you get to the playoffs, you have to have a serviceable backup. So if it's not Mm -hmm. campaign, you have to figure out who it is. You have to get your Tyus Jones because... It's there's you, you can't rely on him to stay healthy, but he's still damn serviceable and damn good, yeah. I think. You need somebody that's going to take a lot of the minutes away from him so he's healthy, yes. maybe only 28 minutes a game. In the regular season, like, we don't even need Especially, to see him. Especially, sit him out, don't <laughs> yeah. play him in back-to-backs, yeah. like, manage it, play him in 50 games, yeah. have him sit out back-to-backs, play him 28 minutes a game, and then have him ready for the playoffs as best you can. But have somebody, yeah, that you know that can get out there because they don't need more scores. You've got enough scores on that team. What they need is depth. What they need is rim protection. What they need is uh, you know more rebounding that's not going to involve DeAndre Ayton disappearing in games. They're going to need somebody you know another lockdown defender. They're going to need just there. There's there's a foundation of talent certainly in place, but it starts with Devin Booker first, and then Kevin Durant. But those are two perimeter guys that can score. Yeah, you got to now work the other pieces in around. And the Lakers were able to do it on the fly in the middle of the season. The Suns can do it in the off season too. Yeah, I would rather they like get rid of DeAndre. Because he clearly like doesn't want to be there. And he, that's he their best piece. That that's their best piece, too, to yeah. move. Yeah. Teams want him. Yeah. And they, that's how they free up cap space. Yeah, so I would rather have them move on from